When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello everyone, it is I, Victoria, and uh, we're here, we are, this is not a regular episode, this is us having a check-in, because we are getting close to the end of the arc, so we need to discuss tone, we need to discuss our expectations, um, and so that we know, so we're all on the same page of what kind of story it is that we want to tell. And I, I want to encourage people to not just do this for actual play, but to, to have these kinds of check-ins in your regular home games, because everyone is a part of the storytelling process. Everyone is a part of, of the game. Um, so everyone should have a say in in what this is um and it's your job and it's my job as the game master to take everyone's expectations and to take everyone's desires of tone and turn that into a cohesive story uh, with everyone's help of course but i provide the framework in which people frolic around in and have a great time um, and i react to their their reactions to the framework but yeah, so that's my little little spiel for that. So otherwise, let's get into it. So hi, everyone. Hi. Uh, we were expecting to actually record an episode today. And I mean, we are. We're recording this, but uh, more in character. But I did spring everyone, this on everyone um, kind of at the last minute. I'm sorry about that. But it was sparked by a conversation I had had previously to recording and went, oh, wait a second. We should probably touch base because this is what I'm thinking. Okay. So y'all are in Rashman. Mm -hmm. Rashman has been war torn. Mm -hmm. um, people are starving. Mm -hmm. People are homeless. People are living in camps and in tents. Things are not going well. You need to travel from Erling to Vremion, the Vremioni stronghold, mm -hmm. if that is what you choose to do. Um, but that is where the ritual needs to be taking place. So if you decide, yeah, th this is what we're going to do, um, then we are going to have to travel there. Now, it takes a couple weeks to get there. So this um, arc is going to be y'all really traveling to get there to do the thing. This is you traveling to Mount Doom, <laughs> essentially. You must destroy the ring. Um, only... Yes, you must destroy the ring. In this case, the the uh, betrayer. But um, hopefully, it's more exciting than Frodo and Sam 
Because I don't know about y'all, but that is my least I favorite part. I thought they were a beautiful couple in that journey, and I thought it was a wonderful, wonderful arc. And I'm it's not even joking. So, it's been so yeah, long I since I read that. I don't remember. I found it boring. <laughs> I'm all about Mary. Mary and Eowyn, they're my favorite. That's fair. They are funny. Oh, and Mary fun. is so excellent. He mm-hmm. has a really great arc too, and he gets this great relationship with Eowyn when they're like two mm-hmm. rebels riding with the riders of the road rib. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and they they get to do epic shit on the battlefield too. Um, anywho, <laughs> that's a sidetrack. Um, we're really sidetrack. Um, yeah, so it's gonna be your it, it's that journey. So what I'm thinking, what I would like to see. Um, is dangerous because the country is overridden with the forces of of the betrayer. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's going to be dangerous. There's going to be a lot of conflict. There's going to be a lot of moral conflict and moral choices that you have to make mm-hmm. because the longer it takes you to get to the Vermiani stronghold, the more powerful the betrayer is going to be. And the more difficult it is going to be to attempt mm-hmm. to defeat the betrayer. So there, you're going to be confronted with situations, and this is the most basic of them. But do you help these people? Or do you continue? Mm-hmm. Um, I would like to see those kind of moral questions. Um, and a lo- there's probably going to be an increased amount of combat. Um, which I will try my best to make interesting with environmental rules and mechanics and things going on, just so that it's not just straight up, oh, roll a dice, see if you hit. Okay, yeah, roll the dice, see what the damage is. Oh, yeah. You know, try to make it more fun than that. Um, yeah, and like build up, build up the momentum and make it seem urgent and scary and dangerous and you're going to I mean for your characters in character it'll probably be quite traumatic yeah it does go without saying that there's no way that Maypre will not be able to make that trip to the Mm Vremyoni without helping anybody like that's just it it won't happen like she has to help that was really like the first words out of Maypree's mouth when we met her. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's going to be really in- it would be really interesting to see how that plays out in in uh in game because I can see it being like yeah, obviously if there's something like immediately happening there on the side of the road, I assume for any of our characters that would be s- like almost impossible to just pass by. Yeah. But if it's sort of like a more like prolonged thing or a little bit more removed of like how do you start making those and i can see that potentially like being a very interesting conversation between the characters and like a really difficult uh Mm -hmm. thing but i think i think that sounds really cool and i think just thinking like from a yulari's um standpoint we've been running away from things for a really long time so to run towards them and being able to actually like act on them and like smite some betrayers forces i think i am very excited about 
<laughs> yeah, it sounds like we're going to end up having some of those sort of um, ruthless calculus of war conversations. I'm getting the feeling like it's like, do we hurry to take care of the betrayer to help everyone in the long run? But at the same time, having to balance the people who have needs now, it's kind of the needs of the few versus the needs of the many having to have these balances and conversations. The trolley question. Do we put predict any conflict amongst us and if so are we prepared for that mm -hmm. yeah like, i mean i think it'd probably be a good thing to have like sort of a, a tap out uh signal of like yeah like really leaning in on the like green light mechanic especially of like yeah this is mm -hmm. hard for the characters in game but i'm doing great mm -hmm. i'm fine so making sure that we have those on hand so we can sort of like not mm -hmm. Like, potentially, if there's an interesting conversation or argument between the characters going on, like, letting that happen, but also making sure that that's, like, still okay. Um, yes. So, really making sure that we yeah. have our traffic light system. Our traffic lights and our, our lines place. so that we know, like, what line we don't want to, like, like, definitely we don't want to cross, like, for each of the characters. Um, yeah. Yeah. This reminds me of when we played uh, Something's Wrong Here. And we had those, what was the mechanic where we had to have, like talk to ourselves in the mirror and it was played by the other person? I can't remember the name of the mechanic Ooh, right yeah. now, but it was, it, it felt terribly uncomfortable being the antagonist in the conversation, but at the same time it was so interesting. So I remember when we streamed that, we really leaned heavily on, I feel like I was like holding up a green object constantly <laughs> for a while. <laughs> no, I think that will be important and I look forward to it with us. Yeah, because uh, this is this is I don't know about y'all, but I'm excited. Mm -hmm. I'm excited. I'm also terrified. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there is no fear. I mean, to me, pre, it's all gonna be fine. To be, I, mean, I don't know. But <laughs> okay, so that brings me to another question. So I know I asked before. Um, are you okay with character death? I know I am. I. <sighs> I selfishly want it because, like, <laughs> it will break for May pre? me. For May pre, it will break me, and I will be so very sad. But like, I live for those soul-crushing moments that you can't <laughs> recover from. Yeah. Okay. They, yeah. Putting that out there, you know. I think so. I I like. Unlike B, I I'm not like yearning for that experience <laughs> in any way, shape, or form. Like I have like a little epilogue script in my head of like what Ylarius would do next. She should go like you know take over, like kick her grandfather out of like their old family estate and take that over and build like a magical education empire and like you know just <laughs> lots of uh, um uh, of things. But I think I. I'm willing to accept that it's a possibility. Like I'm not going to completely put a, an X card over that or like put that in. Like I, if that's the way that it plays out, I can roll with that. I don't think I like, I don't know how much we want to say about potential things. And like, I'm not going to, I don't want to no spoilers. So Victoria can fill this in if she wants to, but um, we talked about, some possible implications for the finale. And I said, like, I don't think Yularys would seek that out to like be part of that 
thing this is very hard to do <laughs> anyway <laughs> but I understand yeah you understand you cool I'm gonna leave that there so I stop talking myself in a circle and then <laughs> get lost okay yeah no that's um that's that's understood now what if the dice say you die I can accept that you yeah. can accept that yeah okay. I can I can weave that into a different narrative uh I think, yeah. So if that's how it plays okay. out, we'll find a cool way to make it epic. Okay. Understood. Um, what do y'all think about maiming? Ooh. When we um did our watch series mm-hmm. with one shot, my character got maimed and I ended up really liking the way that it turned out in mm-hmm. that series in particular. Yeah. Um so that's definitely something that doesn't bother me either. Is that where you lose a limb? Yeah, yeah. or some sort of like for the use full, of it. like a, a permanent kind of injury. Like yeah. it could be yeah. an amputation, but it, it could be some other sort of thing. But yeah. Um within this context, I think it would be a cool thing to explore. Okay. Yeah, I agree. So what we're saying is we're all willing to up the ante. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I, think, oh. I like the idea of there being consequences. I like the idea of, you know, this is high stakes. We need to go into it knowing it's like our characters know it's high stakes. And if, you know, I want to go into it with us knowing it's high stakes. Yeah. Too. And I know in terms of, you know, living or dying, I've, I've, played out both future scenarios in my head for Keela and I could I'm good with either I've accepted either I've or so I think now I've made peace with either but we'll see what happens at the table yeah oh no if anybody dies or gets like I'm gonna cry oh my god I'm gonna bawl my eyes out there's gonna be yeah no matter which way it goes Mm -hmm. even if we all like float through with like magical pony protection and like nobody it all turns out perfectly (laughs) in the end and nobody escapes like I'm gonna bawl my eyes out it's all good so yeah (laughs) it's fine um yeah yeah I think uh it sounds cool. And I think, you know, there's a difference between, you know, walking into something impossible. Um, I think a lot of like potentially a lot of games have had that experience. It's like sometimes I've done it by accident where I've like completely miscalibrated an encounter for my players and I'm like, oh no, but I always do it by accident. I think some people have had those experiences where it's like that antagonistic relationship of like the players trying to beat the GM or the GM trying to beat the players, but that's never been our dynamic. And I know that like whatever you throw at us, even if it's like really hard, it's something that potentially we could overcome. So that's a challenge that I'm excited about. And I think, yeah, the opportunity to, to, you know, actually act against um, forces that have upended all of our lives is, is something that uh, Hilarious will be very uh, eager to do. May I put a... Um... All right. Oh, go ahead. Yeah. Oh. No, go. Um, if I can put like a shield of protection mm-hmm. upon Hilarious Jr. <gasps> Please. Yes. Actually, yes. that's yes, the one thank thing. Thank you. <laughs> okay. 
Yeah. That's that's my only ask. Any, my yes. soul would be like, agree. Yeah. Thank, thank you, you B. Yes. Thank you. I, I was deal running with through my head the things that. that I could handle, and I think that's the one thing, though, that I would cry and I would just start sobbing because it's not yeah. okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Anything else? Though? I would sob if I killed her. <laughs> That'd be very bad. <laughs> she rolls only natural 20s in the final battle. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I know. Oh, that would be horrible being responsible for her mm-hmm. death. I know none of you watch Critical Role, but one of the characters right now has a pet weasel that she keeps forgetting exists. And so they'll like go through these horrible battles or these like underwater adventures or like be going through like things made of fire. And then they're like, oh, right, the weasel. And <laughs> so it's, it's just like an immortal weasel that has oh, gone great, through though. hell. But yeah, so. Yeah, this uh, protect protect the little animals for sure. Anything else yeah. <laughs> is all good. Everybody else is free game. Mm-hmm. <laughs> all right, that is very good to know. Um, so, what expectations do you all have? Combat, I guess. Now that you said it. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I mean, I think it makes sense. Like, of course, we have to have a lot of role playing opportunities, and we'll we'll take those, we'll create those. But this, we definitely need a little bit of combat to, you know, up the ante. May I? I've mask? got some cool spells that you haven't seen, so it'd be cool to use those. <laughs> Do we need to buy weapons again? I'm almost positive I've never retrieved my gla- like. I lost my glaive in that last shipwreck. Um, and I don't we know. We got our weapons, we? right? I don't know. We what bought the whole thing where we like the whole caper. Yeah, the caper. Where we had to go and like we got some nice weapon, new weapons yeah. from. Yeah, and then we had yeah some fancy, fancy weapons. weapons. Yeah. Okay, thank you, thank you. Yeah, yeah. I have my been spirit of the poke. boats. Yes. Yeah. I don't have I, mine. I can't remember what you got. I have I a plus believe. one boomerang that right, right. I think <laughs> I, I was going to give to someone. To use that by the finale, and if you don't, yes, we're going to That's my expectation, is a perfect opportunity to use a boomerang. I'm going to write that down. <laughs> yeah. If you don't use, use boomerang, it, I'm using it. Underline. Oh, man. <laughs> boomerang will always come back. Uh, <laughs> the boomerang okay any expectations Tracy um I think I I one of my biggest expectations which is just gonna happen organically but I'll put it out here anyways is we're gonna have some heartfelt moments we're gonna have like I'm just thinking the end of season one uh, one of my favorites was the the middle finale episode where it was like Part us being silly and and testing out our communicators, but also part us reassuring Galeries and and having some really good moments. And I'm really looking forward to having more moments like that where we connect through the finality of the moment. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay. Say like B. Oh, yeah. Sorry, go B. If you have words to share, go. I'm still thinking. Okay, yeah, I can do that. Um, I was thinking that hopefully, like, even though the road's going to be dangerous, I would love for us to, like, get to the finale so that we can have that, like, narrative arc, no matter what way it closes, like, to have that full arc um, and to get that sort of, like, a little bit of resolution, even if it's, Mm. like, 
then the betrayer destroys the world and everything's horrible at the end. Like that is <laughs> also that's also resolution of of an arc. So <laughs> yeah, to have that sort of narrative, uh, like coming back to you know where we started and and being able to do that. Um, yeah. What else? That's a really good point, Kristen. Yeah. Um, more braziers, hopefully. <laughs> you get one Love a good brazier. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah. I did think of one. Okay. Yeah. Please be. Okay. Uh, one dragons. <gasps> oh yeah. Into I think that. We need like some character closure more for mm-hmm. me, Pri. I don't know about y'all and your feelings about dragons, but I'm just selfishly thinking like there has always been a dragon at uh, the most important parts of her life. Uh, yep. So mm-hmm. I would love to kind of see something in that regard. And then like if she could have some closure on her homeland on Mulharand, uh, be it what it is, just something mm-hmm. that she knows that leaving wasn't the worst choice that she could have made for all those people that had to stay there and live in that place. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah, I'd like to hear that a lot. Gotcha. We can do that. We can have some closure there. Um, now, tone. What What do you want to see at a tone? I've said what I wanted to see. I wanted to see a bit more serious, um, dangerous, and urgent kind of tone. Um, but is there anything that y'all would like to see? I mean, I think I'm pretty much there with you on that. Um, I like the like the urgency, the gravitas, the the um, uh, that sort of like you know seriousness where things have weight and choices matter and actions matter. Mm-hmm. Um, because ultimately, I think that you know that's the story, like what the story is about of you know like the b- broader arc. Um, and I know that like, we're going to have silly moments in the middle of that. And so I'm not worried about that disappearing because I don't think we're capable of that disappearing. <laughs> you don't know us. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, like I think that balance of like, you know, the, the world exists and that's, and it matters, right? All the, all of our imaginary people in Rashomon, who are living under this matter and their lives matter. And like, we take that story seriously. And then the characters can have their moments of lightness and silliness and levity. Um, but ultimately the, the kind of thing where we believe that this world exists and is important. And so we're going to act in its, uh, act accordingly to that. I agree with all of that. I honestly wish I had more to add, but I just <laughs> agree with, with what you've both said in terms of your desired tone. I don't know if this is a tone per mm-hmm. se, um, but like the idea of heroism and then all of its failings and like mm. Victoria, you have more or less fleshed that out with like the idea of like moral quandaries, um, but yeah. like Mepri sees herself as a bit of a hero, especially to the folks in Rashomon. Um, so like to be able to explore, explore, the positive and the negative feelings of that and how she can't measure up. Like, I don't know how to form that into tone because it's right. kind of dark, but I don't want to go into it. With the in- 
I don't want to go into it with the intention yeah. of it being dark. It's just the consequences of learning about how all of your actions don't always yield the most positive results is not an easy pill to swallow. Mm. I like that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That might be a big ask, but I don't know. Well, I mean, I can definitely present you situations. Okay. What you do with them is up to you. Excellent. Yeah, that's cool. I like that. Okay, cool. Um, what time is it? It's about 24 minutes in. Um, we do have some questions from people if we want to answer a few. Oh, sure. Yeah, I've been looking at them and there's some interesting questions. Wait, we have questions? Where do we post I was like, questions? Where, where so are these questions? <laughs> Y'all. They're in the, the Guardian Witch of the Discord crew. Oh, okay. Yeah, there's quite a few. People are typing away, too. Yeah. There, people are... This is the most amount of questions we have ever received all at once. Right? Ever. And you asked it, like, five minutes ago. I literally did. Top engagement time is right now. Apparently. <laughs> all right. Katie asks, would you rather never hear the last five minutes of a song ever again or not be able to tell the difference between a muffin and a baby? That's muffin an and a baby. question. Five seconds, what? though. Not Those are some... Long songs. Muffin and a baby. Yes, that is seconds. a hands down easy question. I don't even like muffins and I don't like babies. So problem solved. You know, like that's fine, B, that you don't like either of those. But I think not being able to tell the difference and then mistakenly eating one instead of the other might be a disconcerting experience. I don't go out and <laughs> purchase my own muffins. So if somebody <laughs> proffers me something, I'm going to assume it's a baby. Okay. All right. Well, then I think you're good. <laughs> I'm, I can't imagine not hearing the last five seconds of a song, so I think I would have to go with option B and just never eat a muffin again. <laughs> as long as we're all taking precautions, that sounds fine. Yeah, no, I'm going to go with not hearing the last five seconds of a song because yeah, I'm constantly I'm you, skipping Kristen. through things anyway. Like, I, I'm yeah. nonsense, and I would like to be able to know the difference of a muffin and, then, and a baby because sometimes I bake muffins and... Dear Lord, oh. if I fuck that one up. <laughs> yep, 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 yep. Yeah, I'm with you. I, besides, the last, like, two, three seconds of a song is just silence anyway. Mm -hmm. So You don't know that. It could be the best five seconds. Mm -hmm. All right, well, that's I've been even listening split. to some songs like that lately. <laughs> yeah, but at least I'm not eating a baby. <laughs> uh, okay, Victoria. What tricks? Or cuddling a muffin. <laughs> That would just be crummy. Ah. <laughs> oh, jeez. Uh, Victoria, what tricks do you use to give NPCs different vibes through an only auditory medium? Do you have vocal tricks? Does it come naturally? Um, I just do it. <laughs> <laughs> Nicely done. I don't done. think about it. I just do it. So I guess it comes naturally. But that's not entirely true because that is years of doing theater work. That is me being in a school for the performing arts. That is me just being a performer, right? So that is years and years worth of experience behind it. So... All right. I don't know how to describe what I do. I just do it, but it's based on experience. I know that I do a really good job of this when I accidentally no name everybody in a town with names that start with the same letter. What? 
<laughs> you're like, oh shoot, there's no distinction between any of these people at all, is there? Oopsies. But then it just becomes a suspicious town of bee names. <laughs> that was from Dracona Gina. Thank you, Dracona. Uh, I love to give my NPCs weird voices, and then I lean into whatever that voice will inform upon their character, which has nothing to do with their voice. <laughs> How about you, Tracy? I'm terrible with voice work in general, to be mm -hmm. honest. I feel like I'll either just like speed it up or slow it down, or maybe like drop a little bit, and that's about the most that I can do. So that's yeah, that's true. true. It works so well, though. And like, you are not giving yourself enough credit in that aspect, yeah. but but Tracy, yeah, well, that is all that I do. <laughs> <laughs> the Mass Effect uh, game, the our, our pilot, who always sounds that, like they're on, like, 1930s radio. <laughs> Love that. That, I was like... So good. Thanks, y'all. Yeah. Uh, next question? Yeah. Yeah, next question. Um, with all the growth moments each character has had in the last three years, I'd be interested in knowing if any of you see noticeable changes you want to set in the tone, hey, <laughs> based on your character's approaches and interactions with the experiences they've had. So we sort of had a conversation about tone, but anyone want to add something um, with that sort of background? I mean, it? that's a good question from Nate. Uh, we've all grown. That is for sure, though. Uh Tracy, did you want to add something? Yeah. Yeah, I definitely feel like this question, um, I saw this question, I was thinking that this is definitely something that I think applies to Keela. She's changed so much uh, in terms of tone throughout the whole experience, going from, you know, being very aloof and just kind of joking the whole time to slowly forming this bond with Maypre and Yularis. And now I think that her tone and going into the finale is a lot more serious. Um, I still definitely want to carry on the lighthearted moments because they're part of who they are, but she's definitely grown a lot more serious and is taking this whole situation much more seriously uh, than she did in the beginning. I think that tracks really well for Maypri as well. Um, I mean, don't mm -hmm. get me wrong, she was still a dork in the beginning and she's still a dork now, but there's a level of groundedness that she possesses due to her experience with her friends and like all of the dangers that we've gone through. That changes a person, you know? You could only All those visit boats! Boats <laughs> and Raven Queens! Not the like, boats! Nothing changes you more than that. Truly. <laughs> Truly. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think... I mean, I have a very similar answer, but it's, you know, instead of, like, you know, being a dork, it's, like, Yulari's... I mean, she was an entitled asshole to begin with, and she's definitely still kind of an entitled, entitled selfish person, but... Um, in a way that also involves the people around her um, more. I think that's sort of like that understanding of the collective and um, the bonds that you have with your close friends and then also like broader networks. Um, the understanding of that importance has has grown. So I think for me, like I never want to see Yularis like become like like a really good, nice person. Like that's just not who she is. She's... She's always going to be a bit of a turd, but, um, <laughs> but I think, um, instead of like taking charge in ways that involve ordering people to draw her baths or like do things for her, I like to see her taking charge in a way that like, you know, where she is protecting, um, others and like 
taking charge of situations that she potentially views as her fault, even though, you know, it's a mixed thing, but of like acting uh, for the collective instead of for only herself. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Um, The next question is from Ultima, um, who asked, as DM, do you manage the tone throughout the series uh, as someone would for like a TV series or movie, making sure to include tonal shifts for interests? Or do you all naturally fall into a pattern where it just happens? Um, I think as a storyteller, I definitely take that into account. I know that um, particularly for a Western audience, because this is a cultural thing, um, you need a fair amount of humor to offset seriousness. So I like as a DM, I provide moments where y'all can be ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Um, and I give you space to do that. And I give you prompts that lead to that um, and give you the framework so that you can shine in that way. Um, but I also put you in serious situations. And I like to play with those and offset them and put them in patterns so that um, it's not just... Because this is what we're doing. We're doing a, a an actual play. This is a form of entertainment. So you do kind of have to take what you've learned a bit from television and film um, and put that into play here because this isn't just a home game. But that said, now that I've been doing this for three years, when I... When I DM, I'm heavily influenced by the way I DM for the broadswords now. Um, And I like to provide more cinematic experiences to the table. I like to bring those experiences to the table, uh, regardless of whether or not it's being recorded. I know your DMing has definitely influenced my DMing, like... Outside mm-hmm. of the broadswords, too, with adding a lot more uh, visual descriptors and questions for the players, that sort of thing. Yeah. So that's my answer to that. Right. Cool. Um, from Dragon... Oh, how do we pronounce her name? Draconagina. 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 She's a great streamer as well. Uh, do you prefer to have a world that imagines life as it could be without the more problematic aspects? Or a world that shows you how to default those problematic aspects? Oh, excuse me, defeat. Defeat? Mm-hmm. That makes more sense. <laughs> hmm. Do a world that imagines his life? I mean, our world is pretty... It's got its problems, but I don't know how problematic it is in comparison to, like, IRL yeah. Earth. Rashman's? pretty all right they got their weird social things with like men being barbarians and women being mm-hmm. witches well women are barbarians too oh mm-hmm. i didn't know that it's only magic users arcane magic user women who are hathren that's i didn't realize that uh that was a distinction okay yeah hmm. i can't answer that question properly um okay what do y'all think <laughs> I I think like a little bit of both. I mean, I think this is what you were like getting at B is is, like our world keeps a couple things because you need a, you need a problem to rail against. Mm -hmm. Um, But we aren't like at the same time. I mean, I've had a lot of interesting conversations with some friends about like how sometimes you, you need to fictionalize life in order to deal with it and like work through it. And I think, for me, at least in this game, 
it's like we have our our one problem, well, you know, our one big problem of like the betrayers. So things are sort of boiled down into that. And we can fight against that without like constantly coping with, you know, gender inequality, race inequality, like mm-hmm. like all the like all the problems of the world. So not once has somebody not accepted to arm wrestle May Pri because she's a woman. <laughs> like <laughs> oh. She yeah. has always had a great time with those challenges. Like, there's never been any uh, sexism in that regard. Yeah. So, like, I think I didn't even think <laughs> yeah. of adding that sexism in as a gem. The moment you said that, I went, "Oh, really? That's yeah. I guess. I guess. <laughs> yeah. Whoa. Yeah. I was. Yeah. We have. Just I mean, got to I exist. enjoy some media that like deals with real world problems but like i don't want all my media to do that and like you want to be able to choose your space right Mm -hmm. so Mm -hmm. yeah i mean i love a good book where the heroine is railing against the patriarchy Mm -hmm. and like succeeds and wins and is amazing regardless of what society tells them um i enjoy that story i do um mainly because i live it Mm -hmm. And um, I like those stories to inspire hope in in my own personal struggles. So, I I I do enjoy that. Like like Kristen said, um, it depends. Like in some media, yeah. In other media, how about no? Yeah, let's have a break. Yeah, and I think we've I think we've done a fairly good job at it. Yeah. Tried to make it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we prefer inclusive. a world that imagines life as it could be without the more problematic aspects because that's the one that's comfortable for us to want to play in. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, anyone have any dice superstitions or traditions? I don't believe in superstitions as I throw salt <laughs> behind my back. No, I truly don't. <laughs> Um, I do have a little story about this. In my home game, uh, one of our players has access to a 3D printer. So he printed us a 3D printed dice jail. Unfortunately, this was printed before we went back to online games. But it's sitting waiting for us for our next table game. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks. Yeah. I have a bag of dice that I will just roll at will. Yeah. I pick the prettiest ones and they will suit my needs. Yep. Yeah. Kristen? Cool. Okay. Any? We're all in yeah, agreement. No. We're like, <laughs> I don't have anything no, to add. None here. of us have, have any superstitions. Super cool. We basic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, current top sources of inspiration, considering we're in a pretty bleak timeline right now. Ain't that the truth? <laughs> um, and then, oh, then there's more questions. So let's just do that one. Yeah. Current top sources of inspiration. (sighs) (laughs) All of the fiction I read as a teenager. Mm -hmm. But what is your current? Do you have anything current? Oh my gosh. Like, so I am now going to... You are leading me into this conversation because you know my answer. I do. Of course I do. <laughs> yeah. So, and I've been tweeting about it. So anyone who's follows me on social media will know this, that I now am in a two-person book club. It's just myself and Senda from, uh, she's a super geek and, um, she's awesome. 
And that that podcast is ending, and it's very sad. But uh, Pandasaurus, no. Anywho, that that's sad. It was a good show. Good show. Um, lots of lots of backstory. You should listen to it. Um, but anywho, uh, we are reading comfort reads that, and we both read the same authors growing up, so we're rereading them. So we've been rereading some Emma Caffrey and some Robin McKinley. And I hate to say this, but I'm really influenced by like, because she's turns out to be an absolute garbage human being, <laughs> oh, no. but Marion Zimmer Bradley. Oh. Um, but I read her books growing up. Um, so that in a lot of Mary Stewart, Mary Stewart's uh, Merlin trilogy, uh, that is a big influence. Uh, what about y'all? Uh, uh, we all made a bit of a face. We did. (laughs) (laughs) I don't consume media. Um, well, I was gonna say, like, for me, I think it's not less like consuming media and more like making things. So I've like, I think all the grads probably know that like I'm constantly cooking up a storm like in a ridiculous way where it's as if I'm trying to feed like a full garrison of people and it is just my partner and I at home so um but I find that like getting lost in a recipe and making something that's like tasty and like new is one way that I've been staving off the dark timeline of like if I can if I can control this little recipe and make something delicious and make a little good thing in the world, that's like a little bubble of protection. So there's a lot of oh. carbs going on over here. The carbs are out of control. Please send help, but don't. I'm going to eat them all. So I think I want to make a custard slice uh, soon. That was on the Great British Bake Off recently. And it's like like a layer of puff pastry and then like a layer of custard and then another puff pastry. Mm. So like a simple millefeuille or something. Um, and so I want to make that next, I think. But that sounds delicious. Yeah. I love custard and I love puff pastry. Right? Yeah. I'm excited about that. I've never made puff pastry. That's one of the things I haven't done yet. Oh, it's time consuming. Yeah. And then like just little crafts. Like I was showing the broads earlier. Like I'm trying to needle felt, but I don't actually know what I'm doing. And I don't actually have all the tools you're supposed to have. Um, so I keep stabbing myself. Please describe the first item that you showed us. Um, so the first item is a tiny roll of needle felted toilet paper. And my my idea is that I'm going to make them into Christmas ornaments. And then <laughs> I've also tried to make a little bottle of hand sanitizer out of wool. And it's kind of wonky, but it sort of gets the gist across. They so. really represent 2020. Yeah. <laughs> I think I'm going to put a label on the hand sanitizer that just says, fuck this. And those will be my gifts. <laughs> um, I guess if it's along that line, um, an inspiration for me, which has been tied to Keyless, I've been playing a lot of music. Specifically, um, I we got a drum set for quarantine and I've been playing almost every day. Ooh, um, awesome. So I guess like in a way it's inspiration for her to share her connection with music and also it's helping me survive. So. Yeah. I wish I had a cool. I've been making wine and me. Yeah. One. Yeah. Uh, I've been doing a lot of streams. A lot. A lot, a lot. Like a lot. Like a lot. <laughs> How um, many? 
multiples. So that's been keeping me sane and well. Uh, I don't know if that super helps with like my my inspiration for Maypri, but it has really kept me mindful of how much I love her for her. All right, DMSD's second question. Do y'all record pure theater of the mind with videos on? Do you share images, splash screens, music to set the mood? Uh, so we have Zoom video that we use. Um, sometimes I'll put on Roll20 a splash screen um, and some music, depending on what we're doing. But I would say the vast majority of the time is just us theater of the yeah. mind with video chat. And I don't think we've ever used a battle map. No, 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 I don't think so. Wow. We've never. You're correct. <laughs> huh. <laughs> no. I'm comforted by we, that Yeah, somehow. we've never done that. <laughs> we've somehow managed to play D&D for three years and never used a battle map. <laughs> oh, we are impressive. <laughs> um, what's a meal each character loves so much that they'd they'd full-on Ratatouille flashback to their childhood. <laughs> oh. My first thought for Kila was grilled cheese. <laughs> yes! Oh, man, I'm so hungry. Oh, <laughs> I know I'm hungry now, too, and I already had dinner! Okay, alternatively, like a really good potato and carrot stew for Maypri, or mm. like a couscous and like chickpea blend. I think one of those two things would have been classic for her growing up, and like those are staples in which you can mostly easily find throughout the worlds that we travel. I eat potatoes and carrots. I don't know if she's going to find couscous anywhere else except Mulholland. I feel like maybe Hilarious' mother... Um would bake cookies every now and then, like a spice cookie. Mm. Ginger and cinnamon and all that. Mm. Did or does Yularis have any affinity for cupcakes? Well, I mean, she got that magic cupcake from her dad, so I think that was a complicated experience. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's the truth. <laughs> um, okay. There How was, have... Oh, oh sorry. Um, Go ahead, B. Laura had asked an additional question above um, DM Steve, and it was, oh. um, our characters, do they have a favorite color meal, which we have answered, and TV show that they would be interested in the modern world? I know we are all going to struggle with TV show. And favorite color, Maypri, purple, done. <laughs> Keela, green. Done. <laughs> Y'all know how good I am at favorites. <laughs> oh my gosh, you, things Yularis would enjoy. Um, I think she enjoys wearing like a dark navy or a dark like forest green, things that set her hair off nicely. Mm. Um, mm -hmm. TV show. Like our AU versions of our characters, so yeah, like finance, hilarious, cheese eating, she pot smoking, wear? Kila, and uh, sports attending. I think she likes foie gras. What <laughs> you would? <laughs> uh, wow. Yeah, we're gonna go with foie gras for. And Kila takes Hilaris. your foie gras and uses it to make grilled cheese, and oh, man, that would be so it. good, though. I want to eat would, that though. grilled cheese. <gasps> Delicious. It would be. And I know it's like 
not nice. But it is delicious. Mm-hmm. Uh, modern AU may praise favorite food would be mozzarella sticks that have a batter yep. of Doritos around them. <laughs> oh, my. Oh, exactly right. <laughs> cool ranch. <Yes! laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> Got her pig. Gross. Oh, gee. All right. We're going to skip on by that. Um, how did expectations and boundaries between y'all change from the very beginning to now? Okay. I'm going to be full up here. At the very beginning, we talked about things like, yeah, we want to, we did kind of, we didn't really, to be honest, we didn't really know what a session zero was. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. We didn't have safety tools. Um, none of us were familiar with those things. Um, now that said, we did have an informal session zero in the fact that we discussed what our expectations were. We discussed what we wanted out of this. We discussed, um, things that we wanted to explore, uh, theme thematically. So we did that just naturally, I guess, but it wasn't codified. It wasn't um, structured. That wasn't something we did until much later. Um, so I do want to. I do want to say mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. Which is, I think, that's incredibly interesting, considering the respect and like the amount of kindness that we still held to each other, despite that we were not as close as we are now. You know, mm-hmm. it's true. Mm-hmm. There was like that unspoken uh, kind of understanding that we all had and then mm-hmm. eventually when we did learn about safety tools we were able to take that time and talk about it yeah but it's been a journey mm-hmm. <laughs> it has been how do how do y'all feel um things have changed like expectation wise and tone we used to be a little bit more loosey-goosey in the beginning now we are as tight as a what is a good metaphor, y'all? Maybe a, a fiddle? Were you making a violin motion, Kristen? I was, yeah. I was thinking like a tightly strung violin. Ooh. I don't know. Okay, we are as tight as a tightly strung violin. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I was going to think of like a like a house band. Oh, yeah. <laughs> or like a studio musician band. A studio band. A well-jointed cabinet. <laughs> <laughs> Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. As we demonstrate how tight we All are. All those dovetails. <laughs> yep. Ironically, the dovetails keep them closer together. Huh. Anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> um, I don't know. So I feel like my memory, again, is makes things difficult for me to remember exactly what things were like. I'm just trying to think back and, like... I mean, yeah, not knowing exactly each other's style and like, I mean, the three of you had had some interactions before and like we'd had our, our like chat, but we, yeah, we didn't know each other super well. Um, I think me least of all. So yeah, just getting to know people better and being able to read people better, even over long distances and zoom calls and and yeah, that like degree of, of trust that comes with, you know, becoming friends. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Not going to say I wasn't afraid the first time we all met in person. 
Not that I think I was. Nobody was gonna murder me. I mean, if anything, I would have been the murderer. But nonetheless, <laughs> there was that fear that prevailed. No, I would never. I would never. <laughs> I was afraid no one would like me. Oh, I love you the most. <laughs> it's not even fair for you to say. <laughs> oh yeah, that first catacon. It ended up being just a straight up great time, though. Yeah, it did. Yes, it was yeah. a good time. Catacomb's fun, y'all. <laughs> Poor Kevin sleeping on the floor. What a way! What a way to like meet in person for the first time, too. Of like, hey, we're gonna put five human bodies into a hotel room with two human beds, and one of you is gonna sleep on the floor and have horrible back problems and headaches, and all the rest of y'all are going to snuggle up. <laughs> <laughs> I'll say that room did not smell good by the no, I would never forget that. I never quite smelled what five people in all of their clothing and shoes <laughs> white combined oh, into one space. It was not good. <laughs> the second year was much better when we got the inn yes. with like the yeah. suite. That was, that was wonderful. much nicer. <laughs> PodCon still was the best though. We all had oh. our own room. Oh wow. That was revolutionary. Yeah, that was being spoiled. Yeah, yeah. straight yeah. up. But I can't straight be alone, up. so I still ended up with the roommate. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay, we have from Judah. Religion can be a triggering issue with many folks. How do you make a world where religion exists and can be used to shape the world while protecting our friends from this triggering topic? It's interesting. I mean, we were kind of chatting about like religion earlier before we started recording. Yeah. So none of us are particularly religious. And none of us really grew up with strong religious backgrounds either. So no, we might be a unique group in that sense where none of us have like really strong religious convictions and nobody has like horrific religion based trauma. It's actually kind of (laughs) wild. We are very unique in that aspect. Huh? I did. I was fostered by a family who were Jehovah Witnesses for a while. They were not great. Oh. And they did not foster me for very long. <laughs> but that was my only experience. Mm-hmm. Does does like do discussions of religion elsewhere ever like bring that up for you, or is it not super associated with that for you? Zero percent. Yeah. I was with them for like a couple of months, and they just had weird rules that I'd, I was young enough at the time that I couldn't quite associate religion and right the parental figures i just thought they yeah. were the same uh, now you know as an adult i realize oh you know those were decisions based in their religious choices um so yeah we don't have a strong portrayal of any of that in the games mm-hmm. that we play and the stories that we tell that just doesn't come from any of our life experiences yeah I guess like Victoria, I don't want to speak for you, but I think that in certain ways you and I share a similar like academic fascination with like aspects of like religion, especially like ancient religions and ritual and like mythology and those sort of um, systems. So like, I think that is maybe more the connection that like the group of us tend to have towards it of like this sort of Mm -hmm. fascination with history and ritual and like, the history side of that, the anthropological side of that, that it's a little yeah. bit more of an academic issue for a lot of us. Yeah. Like I, I studied classics in university. Yeah. So, and your anthropology. Mm-hmm. So it, it definitely, <laughs> um, 
And I love ritual even in modern day. Yeah. I like making rituals for things. Um, just I, I think rituals are important. I, I think um, it's important to mark things yeah. um, and to say this is special. Um, yeah. Because life is kind of boring if you don't. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I feel kind of fortunate to be able to like, yeah, have that fascination with ritual and be able to create ritual without having the kind of backgrounds baggage? and associate. Yeah, the baggage that yeah. a lot of people have to deal with. Okay. Sorry, y'all. If if I'm all for if you believe in something and it makes you feel good and it gives you hope and it gives you love, then do what is good for you. Um, but yeah, for for me, I just yeah, I I think I because I look at my mom right. My mom was raised Catholic, and I look at all of her baggage <laughs> as an ex-Catholic. <laughs> um and I'm like oof <laughs> <laughs> alright um so now now the questions devolve into what type of cheese is in your fridge oh that's an important waffles question waffles or pancakes we, can, we have good answers for these real quick yeah, I have, waffles I have hate pancakes pancakes shouldn't exist Waffles. I make really good sourdough waffles. Ooh, yes. Ooh. Like you ferment them for I a day that. and they're so chewy. And then sometimes I make like fun little compotes to put on top. Dang. Mm. Tracy. Savory waffles. Waffles or yeah. pancakes? Waffles. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. But I'm, I'm 100% team waffles. But if I also have a choice, I am 110% team crepes. Ooh. Mm-hmm. Or yeah, 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 yeah. French toast. Yes. Yeah. Mm. yeah pancakes. I'll no, put it all never. in my face. <laughs> no pancake. Mm. Okay. Waffle. I do live in Calgary. Grew up in Calgary. Stampede breakfast is a thing. I'm obliged to eat uh, um, stampede breakfast pancakes. And also, my grandfather used to make really wonderful pancakes for us. My mom used to make yeah. delicious chocolate chip. So I won't turn my pancakes. nose up at a pancake, but no. I will choose the waffle. <laughs> I don't like fruit pancakes, yeah. though. I have to oh, say, like, like blueberry pancakes and stuff. Like, don't put... I don't want hot fruit. <laughs> I want hot I'll fruit. I'll take your hot fruit. Yeah. No, I don't want hot fruit. I want it to explode painfully as scalding no, berry in my horrible. mouth. <laughs> that's mm. the worst part. <laughs> <laughs> it's like an exciting... Ouchie gusher. No. <laughs> I don't want to be a part of that. <laughs> okay, I'll take it. <laughs> what kind of cheese is in your fridge? Oh, feta and brie mm -hmm. and mozzarella. Nice. My answer's so boring. It's fake cheddar. <laughs> and I don't mean I don't mean like like single slices. I mean like vegan, vegan cheddar. cheddar is a diet. Yeah. Oh, that kind. Yeah. No, it's. A I was picturing I've like the aerosol. Okay. Like, oh no, no, it's like the it's like the diet, not diet, yeah. but another brand, similar brand, shredded cheddar. Yeah. Okay. So boring. I live alone now. So what is lactose intolerance? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, absolutely. If you can have that cheese, like. That's important. There's a cheese shop near our place. I think I want, I'm just going to ask for cheese for my birthday. <laughs> <laughs> or like just a gift certificate for cheese. Just go hey, get Hey, I asked for, gift. people were like, what do you want for Christmas? I'm like, uh, just give me gift certificate to Jake's Windsor Brew, which is like this brew your own beer and wine and mm -hmm. supply store. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. <laughs> What cheese do you have in your fridge, Victoria? 
Um, I have a like triple extra old cheddar, I like the those. type with yep. the crystals on it, yeah. and it just crumbles when you yeah, cut it. Yeah, yeah, it's good. Um, feta cheese. I have some smoked gouda. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think I have some halloumi. Oh, I miss halloumi. Yeah, there's some halloumi. Oh. Um, and like just some like you know like. The cheddar. It's not in the fancy yeah. cheese section. Mm-hmm. It's in like the brick, the dairy section, yeah, the yeah. shrink wrap section. Yeah, I have a giant block of like Parmesan Reggiano um, mm-hmm. by like Costco, and you get the like giant blocks. So that's always there. I think I've got some feta left over. I don't think I have any of my like balls of pizza mozzarella right now, but yeah. Pizza, I mean, cheese for the birthday. Then I'm going to have some interesting cheeses. Mm-hmm. I'll report back. <laughs> Please. Yeah. Yeah, that would be awesome. Um, okay. Um, uh, Laura's asking, if you have to choose, if you had to choose between the two, would you rather play a campaign with only role-playing, no battle, um, and the whole uh, no battle with hit points and the whole stat things, or only role related gameplay with stats and battles all the time. I think I have a suspicion of how people are going to answer. Do you want to guess what my answer is? <laughs> yeah, I think all battles. Oh wow, how'd you know? <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of sarcasm going on here. Heck, for... Please, please, role play only. Role play only. Yeah, only, only, only. <laughs> yeah, that one's an easy one. I mean, the fact that. Um, I recently played Alice is Missing for the first time and I already consider it like one of my top yeah. games and you don't roll a single dice and don't have any stats. But yeah, I just I could just role play for eternity. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So that's that. Um, and then, yeah, it just starts to degrade from there um, with people. <laughs> Those aren't super um, answerable mostly because it's just like math. <laughs> I don't have any pet peeves in D&D. I just... Nah. It's a cool game. Yeah. You play it because it is. And it uh, works yeah, for it our, what, it is. what we want. It has its flaws, you know. Yeah. yeah. Every And every system does. Oh, has pros and cons. Mm-hmm. I don't think anything's yeah. reached pet PV level. No. 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 Um, how about the fact that True Strike exists? Can that be my pet peeve? I hate that cantrip. <laughs> that, I agree. That is a bad cantrip. I remember you want it to be good, though. Yeah. Awesome. Well, I think we reached right. the 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 end of the question. I'm amazed at how many questions oh, popped up. Oh my word, up. right? Yeah. I know. Right? Thanks so much to all the folks who asked us questions with literally no notice. <laughs> yeah, you had five minutes. Go. <laughs> awesome. No, y'all was great. Thank all you. Right. Yeah, that was no, like a solid this was 40 a minutes. Chat. Yeah. <laughs> We learned about each other. We were able to establish tone and the expectations. We have an idea of what, as us, the players are going into. Um, And I'm really excited. Like, the fact that we could have this conversation, it kind of puts us all at ease because we know that we are all going to be on the same page for what is to come. So excited. Mm -hmm. And I'm excited that y'all are into, like, get a little darker. Yes. Yep, totally. I play so many lighthearted things. Like... I play a, uh, what am I, I'm a plastic robot who landed on Earth on power play. Let me get dark for a little bit. Let me have this. <laughs> yeah, Maypri is going to be your, like, grimdark character. Yes! 
care for it. I'm here for it. <laughs> awesome. All right. Well, everyone, thank you for tuning in, and we will talk to you next time. See ya. A bientôt. Bye. Bye. Thank you for tuning in, and we will be back next time in character on October, October, December 28th. Stay safe and have a happy holidays, everyone. See you next time. Neoscum is a narrative comedy podcast featuring five Chicago improvisers antagonizing their way through the role-playing classic Shadowrun. It follows a group of misfits and outsiders. Z, the acerbic cyber troublemaker. Pops, the candy junkie klepto from across the pond. Tech wizard, the public access actor with a petulant thirst for adventure. And Dak Rambo, the nastiest trucker this side of the Robo-Mason-Dixon. Join the irascible Neoscum crew on a puerile rock and road trip through a weirdo world of tomorrow, doling out street justice to every deed they encounter, whether they deserve it or not. The Fable and Folly Network, where fiction producers flourish.